You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. God gives us warnings throughout Scripture, through His Word. Or you might be listening to a message and all of a sudden a warning comes. And quite often when God speaks this way, we immediately think, oh, He's not speaking to me. That's got to be for somebody else. There's no way He's trying to speak to me about this thing. I don't have this problem. This is one area where I just don't have a problem. But in reality, whenever God speaks to you about any area in your life, You need to listen real carefully. Have you ever read scripture or listened to a sermon and thought, this isn't for me? When God speaks to you, it's important to listen very carefully. Today, Pastor Dave shows you how God gives warnings through his word. It may not apply to you today, but at some point, you may be faced with that very same issue. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of 1 Kings chapter 9 with today's edition of A Sure Hope. It's great to be with the Lord when you're on a retreat. It's great to be with the Lord when you're even maybe on a Sunday morning or on a Saturday or on a Wednesday night when the Lord really speaks to your heart. It's a wonderful, terrific feeling, isn't it? And you can't beat it. It's great. At the nursing home, sometimes we, we, we get blown away by what the Lord is doing over there amongst these people. It's incredible. Maybe even during a trial or during affliction, the Lord shows up and he uses you mightily in the midst of that. I see this happening with Rene and Mark. I see the Lord using them mightily in the midst of this horrible affliction, using them incredibly to show God's love and to to increase God's word. But then all of a sudden there's a lull in the action. What then? What happens when you come down on the mountaintop? Does that mean we stop believing? No. We continue to believe. Solomon had to deal with life after completing what would be his greatest accomplishment, the temple. It was his greatest accomplishment. So now the Lord wants to encourage him, but he also wants to warn him of the dangers which lay ahead. Now, I like this about the Lord. We need to remember that God knows the big picture. God knows the big picture. We're confined to this continuum. We only see what's here. God knows the beginning. He knows the end. He knows the in-between. He knows everything. He knows the decision that even Solomon is going to make, even though he's going to tell them or tell him not to make these decisions. God knows your next move. He knows your next trial. He knows your next hurt, your next pain. He knows the next thing that's going to happen. He knows the next victory, praise God. He knows it all. He knows what lies ahead of Solomon, and he wants to prepare him now to make right choices. But to do this, he wants to speak to him. I love that. God chooses to speak to his children. God chooses to speak to those who follow him. Let's look at verses 3 and 4. And the Lord said to Solomon, I have heard your prayer and your supplication that you have made before me. I have consecrated this house which you have built to put my name there forever, and my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. Now, 
If you walk before me as your father David walked in integrity of heart and in uprightness to do according to all that I have commanded you, and if you keep my statutes and my judgments. All right. So he's putting out this condition. Here comes this conditional response. This must be quite encouraging to Solomon when he hears this. The Lord heard his prayers. The Lord heard his prayers, and the Lord promises to do exactly what Solomon prayed for. Wow. Doesn't get much better than that. The Lord heard Solomon's prayers. He knows what Solomon wants, and he's going to do all he can. What does that tell us? Tells me that God's hear our prayers. God hears you when you call to him. God hears you when you come to him and talk to him honestly, openly. When you're not hiding something in your heart and you come to him and you explain it to him and you tell him these things. God does those things in your life. He assured Solomon that he would not only hear his prayer, but he would need to answer it. He would keep his eye on the house that Solomon built and dedicated. He would put ear towards the people's prayers. He would pray with that. Yes, Solomon had dedicated his beautiful house. But the Lord would now sanctify it and make it his own. Consecrate it. He would consecrate it, meaning set it apart. Prepare it for holiness. He would make it holy. He would make it a holy place. His name was on the house. In fact, he came down into the house and went into the Holy of Holies as a huge cloud. He inhabited the house. He was watching. He wouldn't be listening, and his heart would always be there. Wow. That's a nice answered prayer, isn't it? You know the prayer of Solomon in 2 Chronicles 7. This very prayer that Solomon is praying. And the verse that we all look to in 2 Chronicles 7, verse 14, this is what God says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. The Lord promised to forgive his people when they sinned if they would only humble themselves and pray and seek his face and turn from their wicked ways. God has never made a covenant with any other nation except the nation Israel. There has been no other covenant made with any other nation. But since we are, who are Christians, have been grafted in and are now the children of God who have been called by his name, we are a special people, as peculiar as we are. But now we can claim these promises as well. We can claim these promises as well, but I want to bring your attention to a very, very small word with a very, very large meaning. If. If. This one word makes this promise conditional. God is saying, if you do this, I'll do that. See the condition here? It's a conditional promise. The Lord tells Solomon his prayers are going to be answered. But then the Lord gets personal with Solomon. He gets extremely personal with Solomon. Look at four and five. Now, here we are. Look at the second word. Now, if you walk before me as your father David walked in integrity of heart and in uprightness to do according to all that I have commanded you, and if you keep my statutes and my judgments, then I will establish the throne of your kingdom over Israel forever, as I promised David your father, saying, you shall not fail to have a man on the throne of Israel. 
if you do this, Solomon, and your people do this, then I will do that. It is a conditional promise. God's answer to Solomon's prayer had a great condition upon it. If Solomon walked before God in obedience and faithfulness, he could expect a blessing in his reign. And the reign of his descendants and the dynasty of David would last forever. The Lord promised to establish Solomon's kingdom if he walked before him with as much of integrity as his father David did. You're not going to question that? You're not going to say, integrity? David? I got two names for you. Bathsheba and Uriah. Adultery with Bathsheba, and he murdered her husband Uriah. And you're telling me he's a man of integrity? I have a hard time with that. How, he, but the scripture says, if you walk in the integrity of your heart, like your father David. What does that tell us? It tells us that David sinned greatly. It also tells us that David paid dearly for those sins that we studied all the way through 2 Samuel. But it also tells us that David's heart was turned towards where? God. His heart was always towards God. The idea of integrity carries with it the idea of blamelessness. It carries the idea of singleness, singleness of heart. David wasn't double-minded, nor was he double-hearted. He had one heart, and it was towards God. Yes, he sinned. Yes, he did. You might argue that this was, he was far from blameless, and I would say you're right. But his heart was always turned back to God. He had singleness of mind. He confessed his sin, and God forgave him. Notice that the Lord never mentions David's sin. He never mentions David's sin. He never mentions to Solomon saying, if you walk the way your father did, except for a few bumps and bruises, I will do this. He never even mentions David's sin. Never. And even though David paid dearly for his sins, he did not stop worshiping the Lord. He did not stop serving the Lord. And he did not stop seeking the Lord. David's heart was always towards the Lord God. For God to say to David about David, he was a man after my own heart. God always looks upon the heart. God knows the hearts of man. You may be failing constantly. I fail every day. Sometimes twice a day. If I fail twice a day, I had a good day. Sometimes more than that. You may be struggling with a certain sin in your life. Where's your heart? Is your heart towards God? Or are you seeking deliverance from this problem through God? Are you confessing to God, I have this problem, Lord? As we discuss the man on Sunday when he says, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Are you confessing and being open to God? Lord, I really messed up. I need your help. Something in me can't control this. I don't know what to do. Help me, please. Give me the power through your Holy Spirit to do this. Or are you looking for false gods? Money. Fame, drugs, alcohol. Are you looking to supplant something into this that's false? Seek God with your whole heart and let nothing come between you and him. Seek him completely. Remember, I told you that at this time in Solomon's life, he was closer than ever before to God. At this time in Solomon's life, he was closer than ever before to God. And after this time, he would start to slide away from God. And the rest of his life would be sliding away from God. 
He's the closest he can possibly get to God right now. We need to point out another thing. Another thing that we need to point out many, many times throughout Scripture, warnings come to us. God gives us warnings throughout Scripture, through His Word. Or you might be listening to a message and all of a sudden a warning comes. And quite often when God speaks this way, we immediately think, oh, He's not speaking to me. That's got to be for somebody else. There's no way He's trying to speak to me about this thing. I don't have this problem. This is one area where I just don't have a problem. But in reality, whenever God speaks to you about any area in your life, you need to listen real carefully. You need to really pay attention to him. When he talks about some issue in your life, you can be sure that that issue is going to come up down the pike. That issue is going to rear its ugly head down the road someplace. And you're going to have to deal with it. Here's Solomon on the mountaintop. He just finished this gorgeous, beautiful building for the Lord. He just finished this opulent palace for himself. And he's on a mountaintop. He's had a wonderful time. The Lord provided everything. He has served the Lord. He's really, really enjoying himself. He dedicated. Remember the dedication of the temple? What an experience. Hundreds of thousands of, of, of sacrifices. Remember we talked about it was the greatest barbecue ever. It was a great time. They, they sacrificed and burnt all these animals. And they had a wonderful feast. Everybody was rejoicing and praising Jehovah. It was a glorious time of worship and exaltation. Now the Lord comes and says, Solomon, I've heard your prayers, and I'm going to answer to you. Solomon, I need to talk to you. Solomon, if you follow my way and keep my commandments, if you keep my statutes, then I'm going to establish your throne. But if you forsake me and you start to worship other gods, I'm sure at this point Solomon said, no, no, Lord, that's not me. Surely you're talking about somebody else. God knew the very thing that Solomon was going to fail at. God knew what was going to happen in Solomon's life. All the way through the scriptures, it's interesting to see how the Lord seems to warn people in those areas which he knows they are weak, in those areas he knows which they will fail and which they will fall. He knows those areas that are going to be tested and tried further down the road. When God answered Solomon's prayer in 1 Kings 8, it was not an unqualified promise to bless the temple in any circumstances. There was a condition on it. God blessed the temple and filled it with his glory, his presence. But he would cast it out of his sight if the kings of Israel forsook the Lord. And he does this down the pike. Remember the glory of the Lord leaves. Why would the kings of Israel forsake the Lord after all he had done? Pride. They would get their head. This is what's happening to Solomon. He starts to feel full of himself. He starts to feel full of himself. He says, this would happen. This is going to happen. This is a, a problem. This is something that's going to happen. Look at verse 6. But, but if you and your sons all turn from following me and do not keep my commandments and my statutes which I have set before you, but go and serve other gods and worship them, then I will cut off Israel from the land which I had given them, and this house which I have consecrated for my name I will cast out of my sight. Israel will be a proverb by the byword among all peoples. And as for this house which is exalted, everyone who passes by it will be astonished and will hiss and say, why has the Lord done thus to the land and to his house? And then they will answer, because they forsook the Lord to hear the Lord their God, who brought their fathers out of the land of Egypt, and have embraced other gods, worshipped them, and served them, and therefore the Lord has brought all this calamity to the people. He's telling them, what are you doing? 
What are you trying to do? Israel, what are you doing? You're going to be a byword. You're going to be a proverb. You're going to be, you're going to be something to be disgraced at. And why was it important? What, look at the one thing he's going to take away for. He's going to cut them off from what? What does it say? He's going to cut them off from what? The land. Why? They turned away from God. Yeah, but why the land? Why is he taking the land away from them? What is the land? That's the promise. That's the promise of God. Remember when they came out of Egypt? He was taking them to a land full of milk and honey. He was going to give them a land all their own. It was a beautiful, glorious land. And the land would be what? Their inheritance. It would be given to them by God and God would be with them. So he says, if you don't do these things, if you don't follow me and follow my commands, I'm going to take this land away from you. I'm going to cut you off. The one thing. What happens to us when we don't follow the Lord? What gets taken away from us? The abundant life, which is equal to the land of Israel. The abundant life that we have in Jesus Christ. When we don't follow God, we don't have that abundant life anymore. We're not basking in that abundant life. We're not basking in what God has given us. We're not basking in the promises of God when we stop following him. The abundant life seems to disappear. It's as if the Lord removes us from that abundant life. Here he's telling Israel, I'm going to cut you off from the land. I'm taking the land away from you. The land. Oh my gosh, the land. This was so important. So important. Israel was supposed to use that land to demonstrate God's love to an entire world. They were supposed to take that land and use it to demonstrate God's love to the entire world. Instead, they rebelled and became disobedient. And then God has to deal with us. God has to deal with disobedience. He sets for us good and evil. He sets before us blessings and cursings. And he says, choose. What do you want? You want to do good or you want to do evil? Would you like blessings or you like cursings? And God allows us to choose. He allows us to choose. The kingdom was going to be established and it depended upon their obedience. If you will walk before me as David did. It's a good example of encouragement to follow through. If you will walk as he did in integrity of heart. Integrity of heart. Then I will establish your throne. Then I will make that happen. When Israel doesn't do this, it becomes apostasy. It becomes total apostasy. They're walking away from God. And God sees it and God knows that. And God has no choice. Israel, the holy nation, will be cut off by one judgment or another until they become a proverb and a byword, the most despicable people under the sun, now the most honorable. This is the destruction of a royal family. The temple is a holy house, which God himself has hallowed to his name. It's going to abandon And now it lies in desolate. It's not even there anymore. Because another nation came in. Now we we had two temples. This one that Solomon built was destroyed. It was destroyed when Nebuchadnezzar came in and destroyed it. And the people were carried away to Babylon. A new temple was built. Ezra and Nehemiah and the gang, they built a new temple. The temple was there when Jesus was here. But in 70 AD, that temple was destroyed. That temple was gone. And it remains in ruins now. You can see what's left of it. The only thing left is a temple mount. And on that mount is a huge gold dome called the Dome of the Rock Church. It's Muslim. It's a Muslim mosque built on the exact mount. 
You go up there, you can't take anything that says Jesus on it. You can't take a Bible. You can't take a wear a shirt that has Jesus on it. You can't take anything up there. And girls have to be modestly dressed. They can't go up there in shorts, and you have to be modestly dressed. A lot of restrictions. You can go up there, but a lot of things. But there's no temple right now. Israel not following God. They're not following the Lord Jesus Christ. They're not accepting him. You know, it's no coincidence that Sunday's message is about Jesus predicting Peter's denial. There's no coincidence when Peter says, Lord, I'm going to die for you. I'll die for you. And Jesus says, yo, Pete, before the rooster crows three times, you'll deny me. You'll deny me. Before the rooster crows, you'll deny me three times. We need to pay attention when God speaks to us. No matter how remote it may seem at the moment, because you could be tempted in that same area. What's happening here? What is the theory that we're looking at? What is the doctrine that we're looking at? It's simple. 1 Corinthians 10, 12. Take heed when you think you stand, lest you fall. Pride will take you down an aisle and an area that you don't want to be. Where I think I'm confident, well, I've got this wired, I don't have to worry about that. That's in the very area that I'm going to fall in. The area that I think I've got under control is the very area that I will fall in. And I continue to fall. I continue to fall in those areas. Something that I'm strong in, that I think in. What did Paul say? Paul said, when I'm strong, I'm really weak. But when I am weak, he is strong. Christ is strong, and Christ is strong in me. And he is my strength, and his strength is made perfect in my weakness. So Satan shows up to trip us up and show us our weak points. Because those are the points we know that we have to depend upon the Lord. It's often when a person fails in the areas of greatest confidence. Areas where I, I got this licked. I can do this now. Many, many times we, 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 we overcome a sin by the power of God. We overcome a sin by the power of the Holy Spirit. And next thing you know, we're telling God, I got this. I got this. And the very time we fall and we fall on our face. Satan likes to trip us up. So Solomon is told. He's warned. God speaks to him. He is warned. It becomes the, if you do this, I'll do that. It's a conditional response. Solomon is given this conditional promise by God. And now we start to see, as we go through chapter 9 into 10 and into 11, in fact, when we get to chapter 11, the heading in the New King James under chapter 11 states, Solomon's heart turns from the Lord. That fast, that fast, his heart starts to turn. We have to be ever so careful. When the Lord speaks to you, open your ears. Be like Samuel and say, here I am, God, speak to me. Here I am, Lord, your servant awaits, speak to me. And then when he does, you have to take it into your heart and apply it. You have to take it into your heart and apply it. So we all go through life knowing that we can do things, but then when we do them, the Lord shows us that we shouldn't do certain things, and we have to answer for them. And that's what the Lord wants us to do. You've been learning from the book of 1 Kings with Pastor Dave Shank on A Sure Hope. Have you ever found yourself in a place like King Solomon where the temptations of the world really had a grip on you? With all the gimmicks of the world, it's not surprising. It's also not surprising that you're not the only one. 
Many struggle with the temptation of letting worldly things lead them rather than let the things of the Lord lead. But there is hope. Just as Solomon came to recognize that all his women, wealth, and wisdom wasn't what really mattered, you too can learn that things of the world are deceiving. So rather than put your hope and faith in the things that pass away, put your hope and faith in the one who's everlasting. God is constant, he is faithful, and he will never pass away. If you missed any part of today's teachings or you'd like to listen to additional messages from Pastor Dave, visit AssureHopeRadio.com. Perhaps as you are listening, you realize that you have some questions about faith and maybe even about salvation. We'd be happy to talk with you and provide some resources to answer your questions. Give us a call at 609-884-5821. Again, that's 609-884-5821. You can also click on the Jesus tab at AssureHopeRadio.com. This will provide you with a succinct picture of who Jesus is and how he can change your life. Thank you again for taking the time to learn about God's word today. We hope you'll join us again next time on A Sure Hope.